world praying to be a part of something special, praying for revival, praying for a movement of God. I hope you understand, you walked into a movement of God in this place, in this house, every single week. You're not praying for something special, you're a part of something special, impacting the world. It's a massive honor to be with you. Shout out to Transformation Nation people all over the world. more than I can describe Pastor Mike. I don't, I don't know anybody that has more favor, more crazy audacious faith, more energy, more passion, more style. It's, a, it's an honor to be here to see up close what, what God is doing through you. What I, I hope you'll understand is that, that what's happening in this room is very special, but this is one of the few churches in the world today that what's happening in this room is really positioning what's happening around the world. And I hope that you feel that. In fact, just so you'll know how special your pastor is, um, I'm a part of a multi-site church and there are a lot of kind of my church branches nearby. There are very few pastors who would invite someone kind of local into the house because of more of a threatened spirit. But I hope you'll understand that the kingdom of God is much bigger than Transformation Church, much bigger than Life Church, much bigger than Victory Church. It's all about the name of Jesus. It's all about His kingdom. It's all about Him. When, uh, when Pastor Mike asked me, would it be okay, would you bless me to put our, our church like a couple of miles away from your church? I said, Pastor Mike, I'd bless you to have church in my kitchen. Anywhere, anytime. We, we believe with all of our heart that Jesus is the hope of the world through the local church, and we believe we can do infinitely more together than we can apart. It's all about Him. I give you honor. Can you guys tell your pastor thank you today? Hey, why don't you high-five somebody and tell them you better hang on. You better hang on. sinning. How, how many of you know that sinning can be a lot of fun? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. 
You're like a lot of you are not raising your hand in church. Like, listen to me. You know, I'll talk to the real folks today, okay? If you're real, sinning can be fun. If it's not fun, either you didn't do it right, or you're lying, somebody. It can be fun until it's not after a while. And I got to the part where it wasn't fun after a while. It started to catch up to me. And I was a part of a fraternity, played sports in college and such. And our fraternity got in massive trouble. We had four guys commit grand larceny. And so as the president of the fraternity, I wanted to do something that would kind of create um, a good public relations move. But I also was very spiritually curious, perhaps like some of you that are checking out this crazy place today. And so I said to my fraternity brothers, um, we're going to start a Bible study. And they all said, to bleep we are. And I said, to bleep we are. We're going to do a Bible study this Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. I need you to bring all the fraternity brothers and we're going to do a Bible study. And they're like, no, no, no. And so I said, we're going to do it. Well, Tuesday rolled around and I was walking into my class and I realized I didn't have a Bible. That's a little bit of a problem. So I don't think I prayed because I really don't think I was that spiritual. But I kind of like thought in the direction of heaven. I don't have a Bible. If anybody cares, I don't have a Bible. I walked into my economics class. I walked out of my economics class. And a gentleman in a suit and tie from an organization known as the Gideons... God is my witness. Says, young man, would you like a free Bible? I could not believe the provision of God in that moment I had a Bible. I gathered with seven non-Christian fraternity guys that night. I said, turn to the first book in your Bible. I tried to sound pastoral. They all turned to Genesis. I turned to Matthew. No wonder it's free. It's not all there. I'm like, I don't know. I said, find Matthew in the Bible. And they turned there. And we just, we just started reading scripture. We, we were, none of us were saved. And we would just read God's word by faith. Just read. We, we didn't know how to pray. We would pray. We would try, but we didn't know how to pray. At the end of our time together, we would just pray like, God, you know, like just watch over us tonight as we go out and get drunk. God, protect us as we party, God. And we pray for Mitch's girlfriend, God. We ask that she not be pregnant, God. We just pray. We didn't know any better. Has anybody ever been there before in your life? I got so excited reading what was in this little Bible that I read ahead. I read Matthew, Mark. I read all the way to Ephesians chapter 2. And I read something that I never realized was there before. I read that you could be made right with God, not by your own works, not by your own goodness, not by your own religious efforts, but you could be made right with God by grace. Somebody help me out. Through faith. Through faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. By faith are you saved. By faith we walk by faith and not by sight. I want to talk to you today about gazy faith. I came to bring a message to any of you who may feel like you've lowered your expectations of what God might do in your life. I came to bring a message of faith to any of you who might feel slightly disillusioned about God's work in your life 
disheartened wondering where he is and you find yourself lowering your expectations of God. You might feel at one point you believed with everything in you, God would bless you. He would be your provider. He would be your sustainer. He would show you his power. He would pour out his favor upon you. But now you just want him to do anything, something, whatever it might be. You might be a, a young gal and there was a time you were believing God by faith for a man of God, six foot tall, handsome, a man with a great job and even a better future, a man of faith, a man who knows how to pray, a man who would be a great husband, a man who loves traveling, loves old movies, loves walks on a beach, and now five years later, you're just believing God for a man. A job is optional. He's just got to be, you know, male. You've lowered your expectations of God. Some of you, it was the career. You worked and you prepared and you believed you'd have your own business. Now today, you just hope for a job with benefits. You've lowered your expectation of God. It could have been your kids. You had one and you knew you'd, you'd have devotions and Pinterest parties and prayers before bedtime. Now your only prayer is, God, help me not kill this kid in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You've lowered your expectations of what God might do. I want to show you an example from Scripture. We'll be in Genesis chapter 15 today. Genesis chapter 15, and this is a story of a great couple of faith that started to lower their expectations. If you know a little bit about Abraham and Sarah, the backstory, if you go back three chapters prior in Genesis chapter 12, God gives a prophetic word to this couple and says, you are to leave your home, that's gonna take some faith. You're gonna to have to go to the place I'm gonna show you that's gonna take some faith. I'm going to make you, even though you don't have any children at all, God says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. In other words, you'll have children and you'll have grandchildren and you'll have great grandchildren and on and on. And you can imagine what this couple would do when they get a word from God. We're going to be the parents of many nations, therefore, it's time to pick out baby names. It's time to define the theme of the nursery, uh, Star Wars for a boy and the, the princess pony, whatever it is for the girl, you know. We, we've got to plan our Instagram reveal because if God tells us we're going to be with child, certainly by next month, we're going to be with child. The next month comes... And a pregnancy stick says not pregnant. Well, surely if it's not this month, it will be the month coming. And so they do their thing and they believe it's coming and another month comes and another month goes and still there is nothing. Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 says this. Sometime later, somebody say sometime later. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you 
and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? You could almost hear him saying, hey, but God, you told me three chapters ago that we were going to have a kid. And now all my B group friends, they're pregnant and we're not pregnant at all. They're having all their baby showers and hashtag blessed on Instagram. Here's a little sonogram thing. And God, you told us, but there's nothing at all. What about us? Genesis 12, you'll be the father of many nations. Genesis 15, sometime later, is, means about a decade has gone by and the promise has not yet been fulfilled. Almost a decade has gone by. Imagine a decade or more of what feels like unfulfilled promises, unmet spiritual expectations. At first, they're just disappointed still believing by faith. Then their disappointment grows to discouragement and then to being disheartened and then perhaps from being disillusioned. God, where are you? What about me? God, what about my provision? What about the person that I've been praying for to come to faith in Christ and they're meaner than they've ever been before? Well, why is it that everybody else is getting healed and I've done everything I can to pray for this person, and they're still not being healed, God. Where are you? What about my provision, God? Well, she ties for the first time on Sunday and gets a raise on Monday. Well, glory to God for her, but I'm still tithing and fighting to pay the bills. God, where are you, God? What about me? A decade or more passes by. From Abraham's point of view, God is not doing a thing. Heaven seems silent. So what does he do? He lowers his expectations. I, I'm not expecting to be the father of many nations. Just give me one kid, God. That's all I want. Just give me one. Here's the problem. When it comes to faith, when it comes to life, when it, when it comes to God's blessings, so often we tend to think addition, but I hope you'll understand that God thinks multiplication. God is an exponential God who thinks multiplication. In the very beginning, God said, be fruitful and what? And, and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. I'm here with two of my kids. I've got my bride, Amy, who's with me today in the house, my best friend. I've got my son, Sam, and I've got my daughter, Mandy. They are two of six. 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 We've been multiplying. People say, you must really love kids. Nah. I just love my wife and all God's people said, you know. The real reason we got six kids, in case you're wondering, is because my wife won't leave me alone. It gets old. It's a chore. It's you just do what you got to do. But I'll beg her so often. I'm like, come on, I just want to, like, hold you tonight. Can we, can we just cuddle? But no, no, you know how it goes. Somebody say multiply. 
Jesus said a sower went out to sow some seed. And when seed fell on good soil, listen to me, you have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. When seed falls on good soil, God will often multiply it 30 fold, 60 fold, yea, even a hundred fold may God multiply the seed that is planted. Abraham wanted a son, a decade passed, nothing happened. God, where's the fruit? Where's the fruit? Some of you are wondering today, where's the fruit? Where's the answer? Where's the fruit? Just because you don't yet see the fruit doesn't mean the seed hasn't taken root. Pastor Mike, I don't think they understand what I'm saying today. Just because you don't see the provision doesn't mean your prayer hasn't reached heaven. Just, Just because you don't see something happen does not mean God is not behind the scenes doing something that only He can do. Just because you don't see the fruit doesn't mean the seed hasn't already taken root. Where's the harvest? Pastor Mike, it might be someone here doing like you did, just running sound behind the scenes, wondering where they, when they're going to be noticed, and they're just being faithful, just being faithful, just showing up, just, just leading their big group, just, just, just serving quietly behind the scenes, just, just giving quietly, just serving quietly. You have no idea what God may do through your quiet, faithful seed that's planted in faith. It's a little bit like the guy that was handing out Gideon Bibles. I always wondered about that guy. Because what I know is there were a lot of people that just ignored him, made fun of him, took the Bible and threw it by the wayside. I always wondered about him because he planted seed after seed after seed and probably never knew if any actually took root. He had no idea that he gave one to a 19-year-old hurting, lost, broken guy that read about the grace of Jesus and called out on Jesus and became a new creation. The old was gone. I'm telling you, the new has come. It was transformed, transformed, made different. He had no idea that that kid would go on to to get on staff at a Methodist church and then one day plant a church, and he had no idea that in the year 2008, one of my staff members would come up and say, hey man, I heard apples like coming out with these things called apps. You gotta remember this 2008, early in the year, I'm like, what's an app? Well, it's like an app, you know, like, a, like an app. Like, what's an app? Like, I don't know, but you know, they're coming as Apple. Oh, it's cool, man, yeah, app. And he said, we got this website, we got this, uh, this with a Bible thing on it, what if we built an app? I said, do we know anybody that can build an app? He goes, well, we got this 19-year-old kid that's really smart on staff. Maybe he can build an app. So we said to the 19-year-old kid, can you build an app? He said, how hard could it be? So he built an app. And on the first day the apps came out, we released the Uversion Bible app with the goal of 50,000 downloads in the first year big audacious faith goal came out on Thursday on Sunday we checked we didn't even think to check how many downloads there were 81,000 downloaded by Sunday this part-time 19 year old came to work on Monday with a full-time job mind you 
And now, years later, we've given away almost 400 million free Bible apps to people around the world. 400 million. In my lifetime, we will give it away to over a billion people. Over a billion people. One little church. One little church. I always wonder about that guy. That guy just went out and planted seeds. Someone heard me tell the story, did a little research, and found out who the guy was at my university handing out Bibles. We found out who the guy was, and I got to meet Mike recently. Here's a photo. I got to meet Mike. And Mike cried and cried and cried and I cried and cried and cried and he just told me I never really knew if it would make a difference. Listen, you have no idea what our God may produce through a single seed that you plant by faith today. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean that God isn't doing something actively at working as you believe him by faith. Abraham had the same problem that we have. He had a very limited perspective. Think about this. Abraham, in fact, you know what Mike Todd is like the, like the illustration guru? Like he's got a, like a plant and a bush. I brought a tent just to be in your world. I, imagine Abraham in his limited perspective. hanging out in his tent. God, you told me, father of many nations. First year I believed it. Second year we hung on. Third year we had raw faith. Fourth year we started to doubt. Fifth year they made fun of us. Sixth year we had a resurgence, we fasted. We believed. God, we just hung on to you because we know your word is true. Eighth year, we gave up. Ninth year, we lowered our expectations so low. God, you're not doing nothing. Where are you, God? Where's my miracle? God, I've been faithful. I've been pure. Everybody else, they're out there throwing themselves from bed to bed, God, but I'm not. Where's my spouse? Got no prospects at work. Sick and tired of Ben and Jerry. Y'all didn't get that one. Someone will get it. God, I'm tithing, and I'm believing, and I'm giving, and I'm serving, and I'm still buried in debt and don't see any way out. God, I'm praying for my husband, believing he'll meet Jesus, and he just gets meaner and meaner and meaner and meaner. Come on, Lord. That report is not what I wanted it to be. God, I believe you can heal. You you, you are my healer. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Why in the world is cancer back? 
God, I don't see you anywhere. God, you're not doing what I wanted you to do. I came to tell somebody, if God met all your expectations, he would never have the chance to exceed them. somebody we serve a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all you can ask think or imagine according to his power that is at work at this moment in your life through your life you have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith Abraham's in his tent telling God what he doesn't see. Verse 5 says, Then the Lord took Abram outside. The Lord took him outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Somebody say, gazy faith. faith. The Lord took him outside. The Lord took him outside. Part of what I want to do today is I want to take you outside of your context, outside of your limited perspective, outside of your tent vision, and help you look up at the sky and count the stars if you can. Because when Abraham tried to count it, he was stunned. He was silenced. He was shaken. Oh my God, there are too many. They are everywhere. There are more than the mind can comprehend. If God gave you everything you wanted in the moment, he would never have the chance to exceed your expectations and do far more than you could ever imagine possible. He would say to someone today that his thoughts are not as your thoughts. His ways are not as your ways. His ways are higher. He is always good. It doesn't matter what you see. We don't just praise him for what we see. We praise him for who he is. He is always faithful. He is always good. He is always present. He is powerful. Our rock, our redeemer, our sustainer, Jehovah Jireh. He is ever present. He is our soon returning, conquering King of Kings. He is our Lord of Lords. You may need to step outside of your current perspective. I don't just want a boy, a son. Gotta hold on to your promise. I'd be the father of many nations. Here's what I hope you'll understand. If you belong to Christ, if you've been born of the Spirit of God, then you are one of those stars that Abraham saw. You are. I mean, like you, like right here at this moment, 
at Transformation Church in this place, watching Transformation Nation online. Four years from now, someone finds this old message. You, that's you, 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 you are one of those stars. I can prove it with a verse and I can prove it with a song. There's a song you may know that says, Father Abraham had many sons and many sons had Father Abraham and I am one of them. Listen, and so are you. So luster. You, you, you are a seed of Abraham. Genesis chapter 3 verse 29 says this. If you belong to Christ, listen to me, then you are Abram's seed. Here's what I want you to understand. Listen to me. Feel the power. At that moment, thousands of years ago, when God took Abram outside and silenced him with more stars than his mind could comprehend, Abraham was thinking of a son, and God was also thinking of you. You, the seed of Abraham. He was loving you. And I hope you'll feel that, that at this moment he's loving you. That there is nothing you can do to cause him to love you more and nothing you can do to cause him to love you less. I don't care what you did last night. I don't care how dark your life feels right now. Because he sent his son Jesus, who was born of a virgin, lived perfect in every way, didn't just fulfill his potential, Pastor Mike, but lived out his purpose, gave his life on a cross. Three days later, when the stone was rolled away, that tomb was empty. He was not there. So that anyone, and this includes you, who calls on the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus, your sins would be forgiven. You would be made completely new, healed and saved by grace through faith. He was thinking of you. He was thinking of you. Doesn't matter how dark your life is, how broken it feels. When you call on the name of Jesus, God hears your prayers and separates your sins from you as far as the east is to the west. I came to bring faith to someone who's settling and lowering your expectations of what God might do. Never measure God's unlimited power by your limited expectations. Step out of the tent. Get out of the tent. Get out of your perspective and look at the blessings from God. You have no idea. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. One Bible decades ago 400 million given away free today. You have no idea. You have no idea. Listen to me. One prayer prayed in faith. One offering given in faith. One moment of serving, giving in faith. 
one seed sown, one act of love, one moment of repentance, one cry of worship, when everything in your world looks dark and you look up and say, yet I will give you praise. You have no idea how God might use one seed planted in faith. You might say, but I don't have big faith. I don't have a lot of faith right now. You don't have to, I promise. You don't have to have unlimited and uncompromised and unshakable faith. Jesus said this, he said, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, just a little bit, the smallest bit, just enough to still hang on, if you have just that much faith, you can say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and what you ask for will happen. You have no idea, Pastor Mike, how God might use one sermon, one little series called Relationship Goals. When God gets a hold of it, one seed. When everybody else tells you you could never be in this building, you have no, listen to me, I gotta tell somebody this, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. But when it is God's time, you can't stop it. Ain't nothing you can do to stop what God may call you to do. He will open up doors that no man will shut. He will give you favor that you can't earn, that you would never, ever deserve. If it is not his time, ain't nothing you can do to kick it open. But when it is his time, ain't nothing you can do to stop it. You have no idea. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. This is a message for somebody. Do not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, do not grow weary in doing good. Continue to believe. For at the proper time, do not give up. Do not stop. Don't look away. Don't be distracted. Do not grow weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a a harvest. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. So Lord Jesus, today, I pray that by your power, you would speak to someone who's lowered their expectations of what you might do. We believe, God, that you can do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we could ever ask, think, or imagine. God, take us out of the tent to see your incomparable glory, God your power, your goodness. As you pray today, Transformation Nation watching online all around this room today, those of you who would say you might be a little let down in some area, your expectations haven't quite been met, and you want God to take you outside and continue to believe. Would you lift up your hands right now just around the room? Father, thank you for those who are trusting in you. God, build our faith, just a little bit of faith. God, just a, just a mustard seed type of faith. God, just, just enough to hang on. God, we hold on to that faith. God, we believe that your promises are true, that you will always prove yourself faithful. God, that you can do, you will do exceedingly and abundantly more, God, more, more than all we can ask, think, or imagine according to your power through us, your people, in your church, God, that you would be glorified for generations to come. As you keep praying today, I celebrate with the work of God 13,335 people born into the kingdom. And beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that there are dozens, maybe hundreds more 
that are going to be born into God's family today. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. You may be a, you may be a royal mess. You feel like your life is so, so low. I, I'm convinced sometimes God may allow us to get so low so we have nowhere else to look but up, but look toward him. Maybe you're lost or hurting in your sin and, and you're, you feel guilty and you don't, you don't know where, where you stand with God. If we could just sit down together and I could just kind of talk with you and ask you, you might say, I, I don't really know. I mean, I've tried and I maybe grew up in church, but I've, I've kind of fallen apart. I don't know where I stand with God. I want to remind you of the verse that transformed my life that said this, that we are made right with God. Not by our own works, not by going to church, not by being religious, not by being good enough, not by getting rid of the bad stuff, but we're saved by the grace of God through faith, through faith in the perfect work of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the Son of God, perfect in every way, who shed his blood on a cross for the forgiveness of sins. He died in our place as the perfect sacrifice, and God raised him from the dead. So whoever, and this includes you, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how dark your life is, anyone who calls on his name would be saved, would be forgiven. If you're in guilt right now, call on him. If you feel ashamed, call on him. If you feel like your life is low, call on him. Today at Transformation Nation, all around the room, those who say, yes, I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. I need his mercy. Today, I turn from my sins. I turn toward Jesus. I give my life to him. That's your prayer. Lift your hands high now, all over the place. Oh my gosh, hands going up all over the place. Come on, TC, let's give God some praise. Let's give him some praise in the house. All of you crying out on the name of Jesus. Would you all pray aloud right where you are? Just everybody pray. Nobody prays alone. Pray, Heavenly Father. Forgive all my sins. Jesus, make me new. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you. Thank you for saving me. Empower me to do your will, to show your love, to fulfill your purpose for my life. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Could somebody give our good God some praise in this house?